Wow. We had so much going on today uh, as far as anointing those going out, this, uh, all the great things that God wanted to be done today. And so as far as the preaching goes, is I wasn't even clear when I stepped into the pulpit this morning what the Lord wanted me to do, but I knew one thing he wanted to do. Uh, last week, uh, Landon uh, was talking on uh, spirit, soul, and body, and how that, that so many times that we get so focused on the flesh and what's going on in our flesh, even if it's we're really trying, you know, I, I got this issue and, and I'm trying not to do it, but we're just focused on that all the time. And we just can't get our minds off of it. And, and it still drives us because we can't get our minds off of it. When over here on the other hand, you know, we're just like we're saying, God's already blessed us. These things are already done. If you're a believer here today, these things are already done. Now, if you're not a believer here today, you need to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, so these things will work for you in your life. But, but if you're a believer, the Spirit and all the good that's in the Spirit, all the things that indwell Christ, indwells the believer. And they're in us. And Landon was stressing, focus on those things. Focus on these things and press into God and you'll see yourself overcoming that. And he had a lot of other good points. Uh, a lot of great things going on at the end. He had you write down something that you wanted to commit to God. And it may have been that, that you wanted to focus more on love. Or you wanted to focus more on knowledge. Or you wanted to focus, focus more on, on the gift of discernment or whatever it may be. Or maybe you were struggling over here in an area and you don't want it controlling your life. And, and to be honest with you, after watching the crowd a little bit today, maybe that was fear. Because you guys were really responding to that song, but you didn't want spirit, fear to control you anymore. So we wrote these things down on a piece of paper and we brought them up here and we threw them in the trash and give them to the Lord because our spirit man reigns and they will no longer reign in our life, but the spirit will reign in our life. Man, we had a move like you wouldn't believe. I, I think between the services combined, I'd, I'd be hesitant to say that 95% or more responded to that altar call. I'd probably say 99% of people responded to that altar call. And I say, praise God. That's an awesome thing. But as I was praying about this this week, the Lord says, what's next? You know, as I grow closer in the Lord and, and I see that I need to work on love, as I began to work in love, the Lord said, you know, you, you, you struggle sometimes in love because you struggle with self-control. And so let's work on self-control too. But we're continually looking at our life and seeing the things that God wants to do in our life and, and allowing that spirit to explode in us. Even to the point where, Father, I'm not feeling love right now, but Father, I ask that your love enters me. You know, you may have been cut off this week in, in, the, in, in McDonald's or something and, and got upset and said, Lord, I don't have much self-discipline now, but Lord, help me have that self-discipline. We're working and, and, and letting that spirit man control us. Again, you're the key. I didn't think about bringing it in, but I got a little plumbing system made up that shows the, the spirit on one side and on the other side is the flesh. And in the middle, there's a valve. And you turn on the valve and you control whether the spirit reigns in your life or where the flesh does. And you can turn it to 20%, 40%, 80%, 100%, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Because these things are accomplished in your life. How much do you want to release them in your life? But as Landon preached in, in the last few weeks, I've kind of looked back on it and, 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 and this study. And what's funny about this 
is this study wasn't prepared. It just kind of happened. Uh, I never told Landon to preach the second week. Uh, the first week, the Lord just put it on my heart the last minute. And, and, and people's come out, man, pastor, this is one of the best series we've ever done. <laughs> like, yeah, praise God, you know. But, but it's, it's God handling things, you know. But, but when Landon was preaching and all the stuff was going on, all I could see was Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 8. And so I thought, if I don't do anything today, we're going to read Romans 8. So you say, well, I want to hear some good preaching. What's better preaching than reading the Word of God? Amen? Uh, we're going to start in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and we're just going to read. But as we read this, realize that, that, that Paul's talking about the Spirit controlling us or the flesh, and just listen to it. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Easy, right off the bat. Those that accept Jesus Christ the Lord, there's no condemnation in you. Meaning that you're going to heaven, you're not going to hell. That hell can't control you, sin can't control you, flesh can't control you. There's no condemnation. The spirit man rules the believer. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free. Wow, the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So there, what Landon was preaching last week, the spirit has set you free from the flesh. Right there in the word. Uh, For God uh, has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful nature, nature, or excuse me, sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that righteous, the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on those things, the things of the flesh, but the, those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So what it's saying there, the believer, we're going to focus on these things. And as we focus on these things, these things are going to cease to exist. They're going to just be pushed out of our life. And I think that is so true that so many times that, that whenever I ask for God to deliver me of something, I ask him that he fills me more of his spirit. Lord, just continue to push that junk out and fill me full of you. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life. And even more than life, it's peace. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy the flesh, death. But Christ, I've came to give you life, not only life, peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The flesh can never submit to God, nor will it even try. So when we say, oh, I can be a Christian and still do all these things. It'll come into submission to me. Uh-uh. It won't. It's hostile. The flesh is hostile to the Lord. It doesn't want anything to do with him. And so that's why we need to submit to God's law and, and just allow him to do his thing through the spirit. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, believer, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead before, because of sin, 
The spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors. I want to stop there. We can't go around saying, well, I can't overcome this. That's baloney. Because the Spirit has set us free from all things. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Romans 18, 20, uh, or 8, 18 through 25 goes on to talk about heaven and compares uh, heaven to, uh, uh, if you want to get down to it, to pregnancy. And, and that we need to eagerly desire heaven, but, but many of them just get into it here. You guys, last couple of weeks ago, I think it was Bob Ives put a deal on Facebook that talked about and compared Christianity to a pregnancy. And, he, and it compared that, this life on earth was the mother's womb part, that we're all in the mother's womb and, and, and we were getting fed, things were going good, we're growing in our mother's womb, and you saw that talking and going on and, and, and the baby was wanting to stay there. And, but if the baby's born, there is so much more. And, 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 and we don't want to get caught up into that point that, that we're stuck where we're at and don't want any more of the Lord. And basically, people have mentioned from time to time to me that, hey, pastor, this life's pretty good. Could heaven be even any better? And, and that's been stuck in the womb, if you will. Because eternal life is the birth, the, 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 the powerful anointing of God is in eternal life. And it starts at salvation but, but, but we think that we got it good now. We think that things are good now. Man, heaven's going to blow us away on what God's going to be doing and what is going on up there. Your greatest desires are going to be fulfilled. Your greatest love is going to be fulfilled. All those things are going to be taken care of. Then we see down in Romans 8, 26 through 28, now, you notice I'm skipping around a little bit here because the Lord told me to read the first part. But these other parts, I'm going to touch on some things is, is that we, real, we need to realize also that the Holy Spirit leads us to eternal life. And, and that the Holy Spirit is in the believer. And the scripture talks about that. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I've been listening to Rick Renner, and he's been on that one scripture for four weeks on an hour Bible study each week. And he's talking about what the Holy Spirit is doing for the believer. But, but I think where the believer goes wrong a lot of times that, that when we do accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, 
That spirit goes into us. Uh, the spirit, the Holy Spirit is in us. But there's an empowering of the Holy Spirit, a second stage that goes on that is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I know I harp on this a lot, but, but I think a lot of us have received the spirit of, at salvation, but we haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We haven't asked for more of it. Uh, if you look in the Bible and it talks about the, with the disciples, you know, they couldn't be saved until Jesus was raised from the dead, right? When he was raised from the dead, then their sins could be forgiven. The work was complete. And so we see that he went and he met with the disciples in John chapter 20, I believe. But, but he was said he breathed into them and they received his spirit. That's when I believe the disciples were saved that day. But if you know, he said in 50 days or at Pentecost, go pray and wait for the Holy Spirit that I've given you so that you can be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to all the world, Acts 1-8. You need to go pray, Acts 1-14, until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which they received in Acts 2-4. Guys, when we celebrate Easter next Sunday, if you go on your calendar and count off 50 days, you're going to see Pentecost Sunday on the calendar. 50 days later, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that second in feeling. And we all know that, that they all spoke in tongues and it, and it freaked everybody out and the crowd came around Peter and Peter preached and, and he was talking to them about the message of God, the things of God and how God had blessed them, how God had brought them where they were at and how that God wanted to save them, that he wanted to, to baptize them with water and he wanted to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And, and he's preaching this message. And, of course, they heard the message, and, and it's kind of funny. They're like us. They hear the message, and they get done, and they say, well, what must we do to be saved? And he says it again, to get saved, to repent, be water baptized, and be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on to say it's for the generations to come. In other words, it's for you and your children and their children that, that this thing we need to carry on to the ends of the earth. Christ wants us to be led. Thank you for that amen, because I'm having a hard time today. But, but Christ says for us to be led by the Spirit, to be controlled by His Spirit. And, and it even goes clear back into our reading this week in our scriptures here. Uh, I'm going to jump back to Israel's, uh, when they had the, the spirit, spiritual encounter with God. And we started reading in, in Joshua 3, 5 this week. And if you're reading with the church, we're reading our Bible in a year together. But we see an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. We see when Israel came around God and was led by the Spirit, they were powerful. They were unstoppable. They were inwardly just focused on God because they'd cleaned some things up. But, but what we see happen here for all this to take place, before they entered into the promised land and to the land of Canaan, they, Joshua asked him to repent or consecrate yourself in 3.5. They crossed the Jordan in Joshua 3.17. Again, the Jordan represents the water baptism, or actually the Jordan represents the Holy Spirit, which represents water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can show you through Scripture, even Israel, the, the, how the, the Lord was showing us that, those steps. The next thing, after they had crossed through the water, after they are on the other side of the Jordan, they set up their little uh, um, uh, memorial, but then God asked them to circumcise the people. And circumcision means a, a cutting away of the flesh. 
So God's saying, you know, I want you to cut away all the flesh, all these things that are worldly, all these things away. And that's what circumcision represented was a cutting away of the flesh. Salvation, we're cutting the flesh away. We don't want no more of that. The thing that blessed me in Joshua 5, 9 was the reproach of Egypt was forgiven. In other words, Egypt is always referred to as sin or the bad side, if you will. Israel was in sin. They were in captivity. Well, when they did these things, when they consecrated themselves, they were circumcised, they were water baptized, then the forgiveness took place. All the things of old were gone. And then what really blessed me, and the Lord really dealt with me on this week, was Joshua 5.12, the manna was taken away. The reason the manna was taken away is they were in the kingdom of God and could eat of the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5. And it talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, wisdom, knowledge. All these things that, that, that are in the Word of God that are the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. Man, that's what was in Canaan. And they ate of the land. They ate of God and His kingdom. And the other thing that, that this guy came before Israel in Joshua 5.12 before Joshua, or 5.14 before Joshua. And Joshua said, you're a mighty warrior, but who do you serve, God or, or, or them? Do you, are you with me or are you against me? And he didn't say either one. He said, I fight for the Lord. And here we had this mighty warring angel that said that, that I fight for you when you're living for God. And so they followed that angel, which I think represented the Holy Spirit. That when we follow that person, that, that spirit of God, it will direct us and it will guide us into all things. And then the seventh thing we saw with Israel, that their enemies were destroyed. They were taken up. They were defeated. Today we need to realize who we are in Jesus Christ. And we need to do our very best to be led by the Spirit. Because when we are, we are unstoppable. Then you jump down to the last few parts of uh, Romans chapter 8. And if you read chapter, or verses 31 through 39, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all? How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? This is you guys. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised from the dead. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God, the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? That is written... For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Wow. Wow. Nothing, nothing can come against us and separate us from the love of God.
Nothing. But like Israel, I can choose to walk out from underneath that covering. Israel had just done these great things. You guys realize when they took Jericho that that was a stronghold of the land. That was a Canaanite's place. If we take that, it's going to show everybody that we can take anybody. And man, they were obedient to the Lord. Man, they went in there and they took the land. Man, they just devastated it. But as we know in our reading, that Achan or whatever the guy's name was, the trouble of Israel is what Chronicles called him. He just couldn't resist the temptation of the things that they could have had more, the gold and the silver. And he kept some when he wasn't supposed to. He sinned. And God can't look upon sin. God can't take sin in the camp. And we see in the scripture that Israel went out to fight Ai. And Ai was this piddly town that probably the weakest in the land. And they went up to fight it and they just sent a few people up because it would be easy. And they got it handed to them. They were driven out of Ai. All because they quit following the spirit and were following the flesh. Joshua fell before the Lord and cried out and said, God, what's going on here? And God spoke to him, said there's sin in the camp. And he told him how to deal with the sin in the camp, but basically turned right back to him and said, go, get up, consecrate yourself, get your eyes back on the spirit, clean the house, and and let's get back to business. And so that's what Joshua did. He, he got up, he dealt with the sin. But, but something I want you guys to realize that Joshua did not draw back his hand until it was completely destroyed, the sin. Because he realized how important it was to be led by the Spirit. And so we can see that, that as we go through life, yes, God's going to look out for us. God's going to be doing all these things, but, but when we begin to chase rabbits, that's when we get into trouble sometimes. And we need to realize, oh, I'm chasing a rabbit, and check ourselves and come back into the Spirit and fight to be led by that Spirit. Something else I thought was neat, because you guys are all spiritual giants in here, and you don't know what I'm talking about here. You got it together. But... When Satan realized what Israel could do, when that area realized what they could do united, all the kings of the area got together as one army to stand against them. And of course, they suffered defeat. But realize when you're living for God and you're striving to be led by the Spirit, Satan's going to turn it up a notch. And that's okay. We don't need to fear when he does turn it up a notch. Because so many times we have a great victory and then a little thing happens to us. In other words, great victory is Jericho. Little thing happens to us, AI, and we're living in fear. Keep your eyes on Jesus because nothing can separate you from the love of God. But as I begin to, to, to read and kind of Look over the reading this week. 
Joshua 9, 1 and 2 said it well. But Israel did not counsel from the Lord. And that's what bit them most of the time. That's what bites us a lot of times is we do things without getting counsel from the Lord. And that again is we need to pray and we need to turn our lives completely over to him. So today we opened this service today. We opened it with build your kingdom here. And that's a powerful song, man. You guys are pumping me up. But for us to be the church God called us to be, and for God to build his kingdom here, what matters most and matters more than anything is that you follow him. And if you go back to the reading in Joshua before they even went to the promised land, God said these words to Joshua, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levite priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. And if Israel had just done that, they'd been fine. In other words, the ark represented God's presence. Follow it. Jesus took that concept when he came to this earth. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. And he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Jesus went on down the road, saw James and John. And he said to them, hey, follow me. They too left their jobs and their father and followed him. Which meaning they weren't going to allow anything to stand between them and the Lord. Following the Spirit is number one in their lives and that's what it's going to be. And as believers, we need to make the Spirit number one in our lives, Jesus number one in our lives and follow it above all other things. That's what it's about. And that's all it's about. This world, this life, everything that we're doing is about following him. And that should be our number one priority. Not our jobs. Not our dirt. Not all these other things that are the benefits of the world. But our heart is to follow Jesus. Jesus said, whoever loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross up and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Follow me. Follow me. When we follow him, we too will make fishers of men. Why? Because our Lord desires that all people be saved and would follow him. Our job as a church is to pursue people, to go after the sinner, and to tell them about Jesus. Following him is loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Galatians 6 1 says, Brother, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But keep watch, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so to fulfill the law of Christ. Any sin, any transgressor, transgression is sin. When we see that in people's life, our job with gentleness is to bring them to the Lord. Following Jesus is loving him again with all of our heart, seeking the spirit, following the spirit. But it's also getting the saved, those that are lost, those that were dying to Jesus Christ. As I referred to earlier, that, that I'm not trying to be mean here, but Jesus didn't lead me to him. 
it was a vessel that had Jesus in them that led me to Christ. And I'm not taken away from Christ. Don't take that wrong at all. But we were on the road to Virginia, and my dad prayed the sinner prayer with me on the way to Virginia after I'd watched an evangelist on TV. When I got back to Oakton, Uncle Walt was preaching the Sunday that I went up before the church and let the church know that I had been, been saved. There was always people that were used to tell me about Christ. At the time, none of them were in the ministry. They were just common people that were loving the Lord and following him. Today, we need to follow him by leading others to Christ. As I was reading today between services, I went into my office and just flipped up Fox News. And this is the three stories that were, first thing I saw, Texas teen was beaten, had hot cooking oil poured on her after refusing an arranged marriage. Women pimp children younger than 10 years of age for drugs and cash. And the third story, and I'm not loading this, guys. That was the order. The third story, Dallas pastor draws 99-year sentence for starving toddler to death to purge out a demon. The world needs Jesus. And God needs followers of him to go tell them about Jesus. Catch a lot of heat on Oakton Carthage, Hispanic side. Everybody loves the, the English side, but the Hispanic side, they just need to go home. They're a bunch of Mexicans. They need to speak our language. Not from you guys, of course, right? And not from you guys, but I hear that outside. I hear that in the news. I hear that on the world. When God says that we need to minister to people, we need to tell them about Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's, it just gets me. It's like we want to pick and choose that who we want to lead with to Christ. Oh, they're not too bad. Come on into church here. I want to tell you about Jesus. But as I thought about this today, that, that when we decide to pick and choose who we're going to minister to, I'm glad nobody picked and choose with me. Because I know Paula Dunn was probably tired of me after about a year in Sunday school class. But the Lord began to deal with me that there's leaders and teachers and, and workers and people in Oakton body that have been involved in sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You were set free. We were set free. And as believers, we got to be willing to save and restore. As believers, we got to be willing to follow God to the ends of the earth and do whatever he tells us to do. But our goal is to save and restore the sinner. I'm proud of a lot of people in this body, but especially a couple of guys in this body. And I'm sure it's because of their spouses, because the spouses always are the, are the strength behind the guys, right? But there's a couple of guys in our church that, that hired a guy that, that he's, a, he's a thief. 
and I knew he was a thief. And then I, be honest with you, I prayed about it and thought, I wonder if I need to go tell him that he was a thief. Isn't that horrible? Well, I was looking out for them. They need to know these things. And I went back in the other day and was just talking to them, and they began to tell me how they knew all that, and the kid was standing right there with them, and they talked about his past. And it got me, one of them said, you know, I did some things I'm not proud of. And that's why we give people a second chance. I don't know how they quoted it, but, but they, they blessed me. They had a handle on it. They were followers of God and loved people. And I'm proud of them for making that stand and, and willing to step out in faith and believe that God can deliver and set somebody free. And that God can change a life. So as the praise team comes forward today. But last week I was up in children's church. And was talking to him about communion. And man, we had a wonderful time. And these kids were coming up and they were taking communion. And then after I did it, I had the brainstorm of letting them hold it and do it. And I should have let them do the whole ceremony. And, but man, we just had a time. And, and again, communion is reminding ourselves of our day of salvation. But it's also reminding ourselves that we've been forgiven of past prayers. <laughs> past, present, and future sins. And we were just talking about the outward sign of communion, and we're supposed to remember what Christ has done and remember all these things in us. And, and nine kids responded to the altar call for salvation, and I know some of them have been baptized before, but they were just hungry for the Lord. And as we take communion, a little girl went over and was praying and seeking God, and, 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 and it just hit me. Like a lot of you are doing right now. We're going, ooh, that's so cute to see the little kids do that. Oh, that's so awesome to see them do that. God reminded me that's the way he looks upon all of his children. He sees that mother in this news story that was selling her children for a profit. And he loves her. And he wants to serve her communion. He wants her to partake of the communion. And God sees this, these people that poured oil on a girl because she didn't believe the way they did. And it's just like we saw them little kids in GJ's. God's saying, I want to sup with them. I want to be a part of them. But God sees all of you in this room today. And man, he wants all of you. And he is dying to have all of you to the point that he sent Jesus so that you could have a great life. But most of all, so that you could have an awesome eternal life. But if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, man, run to him. He'll love you more than anybody's ever loved you. He'll take care of you more than anybody has ever taken care of you. He will fulfill and meet your every need.
Believe me, I know. And many other people in this room do. But if you're here today and you're just struggling with some things, be, remember, remember who you are. But these altars are open today for anybody that wants to pray and anybody that wants to just get alone.